All right, welcome to the... Nope. No, that is right. Welcome to episode 69 of the podcast, dude. My name is Aaron Dowd. And in this episode today, I'm talking about headphones and gear. And the question I'm, I'm bringing up is, do you need expensive headphones to mix a podcast, to make a podcast sound great? And my goal for this episode, my goal for this episode is I want I want people to do more with the gear that they have. I want you to do more with the gear that you have and not fall into the trap of believing that better gear is the secret to success. And the idea for this episode came about because I've been going through an online course about audio mastering from a, uh, a mixing and mastering engineer, Jesse Cannon. The, this course, DIY Mastering, in it, uh, he's talking about how he always checks his work on cheap speakers and Apple earbuds. And he said that's because that's just what most people use to listen to music these days. And so as much like he 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 mixes the music on expensive speakers, expensive headphones, but then he checks on cheap headphones because he wants to know what it sounds like. So this this got me thinking, it kind of set a light bulb off in my head and was like, well, do you have to have expensive gear when you're making work? Do you have to like are expensive headphones really necessary for mixing podcasts. So I wanted to explore this question in today's show. And um, I already kind of told you what my conclusion is, but I'll lay out my arguments and then let you come up with your own idea about whether or not you need expensive headphones or expensive gear to make great work. Okay, so welcome to episode 69 of the podcast, dude. Hope you're having a good day so far. It is October 17th, and it just got sunny outside, which makes me very, very happy because I enjoy the sun. I'm from California. I like it. Anyways, so talking about headphones today. Oh, I didn't introduce the show. So if this is your first time listening, welcome. My name is Aaron Dowd. I'm 31 years old. I live near Fort Worth, Texas, and I want to help you make a great podcast. That's what the show is about. So, headphones. Why do people recommend expensive headphones and speakers for mixing and mastering music? Well, for mixing and mastering, it's all about making choices about how to make your audio sound. Like, better headphones and speakers let you hear more detail in your audio, and therefore you can make more informed decisions about how to shape those sounds, about how to do EQ and compression and reverb and special effects and all that stuff. Podcasts are just not that complicated. Most of the time a podcast is just a, a single person talking. There aren't you don't you don't use a bunch of effects. There aren't a bunch of changes in volume and dynamics. It just needs to be consistent and pleasant to listen to. And so much of that comes down to recording with a good microphone and setting input gain levels correctly using good mic technique and not recording in a, a noisy room or a room with a ton of natural reverb or echo. So and as I said in the intro, a question that's really, really important, I think, when you're, when you're asking yourself, do I need expensive headphones? What headphones are most of your listeners using? Most people listening to podcasts, I'm going to go ahead and say they're probably either using Apple earbuds, cheap earbuds, say less than $100, or listening in a car. I would be very, very surprised if the number of people listening to podcasts on like audiophile quality expensive gear was higher than, say, 5 or 10% of the overall population. So I don't think you need 
great headphones or speakers that are made for mixing music to make a podcast sound good. And the headphones I use for mixing, and I'm an audio nerd. Before I got into editing podcasts, I was studying recording, mixing, and mastering music. So I'm an audio nerd, so I want great audio gear. But these days, I mix all the podcasts on the Sean West Network on $10 Panasonic earbuds. Get them from Amazon. They're <laughs> it's, it's weird, but nobody complains. Our listeners don't complain. In fact, most people talk about how great the sound quality is, and that's because Sean invested money in some great mics, the, S- the Shure SM7Bs and some pre-processors, the DBX-286s, and he knows how to set input gain levels correctly, and he uses pop filters. What, 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 uh, <laughs> the only bad thing I can say about the recordings that Sean makes is that he doesn't have sound treatment in his room, and I can hear just a little bit of the room tone, like the room sound, but it's not enough to bother the majority of his listeners. I don't think most people even notice it. I notice it because I'm a nerd, and I pay attention to things like that. So why do, why do people want to buy expensive gear? Why is everyone always so interested in getting the best? And everybody's a little bit different in their motivation and what they want. But if I can break it down just a little bit, I think beginners... Beginners want expensive gear because they see their idols using it. They, they see a guy <laughs> and they see a pro using it and that pro's doing great work. You know, he's, he's mixing these great bands or he's making these great podcasts and they think, oh, like if I get the same gear that he has, then I'll be successful like him or like her. They think that the gear is part of the reason that the pro has had success. So they drool over the gear. They drool over the expensive microphones, the expensive computers, the expensive headphones, the expensive plugins, whatever, whatever the pro's using. They're forgetting that, they're forgetting the years that the pro invested in learning everything and making mistakes and going through processes and putting out work and trying and experimenting and failing and, and trying again. So then we have to ask, well, what about what about the pros? Why do the pros buy expensive gear and headphones? Well, if I can talk about headphones especially, what's if I can make a case for why you should invest in great headphones? Number one, I think they, they sound great. Uh, people who listen to a lot of audio develop their, their ears, and I'm putting that in um, air quotes. What it means is that you can, they can hear subtle differences in the headphones. You, you can hear really subtle differences in the way that music sounds, in the way that podcasts sound. And it's nice to be able to hear everything really, really clearly. And I can definitely say that the $300 pair of Sennheiser HD 600 headphones over ear headphones that I have, sound better than the $10 earbuds. Do they sound drastically better? Do they help me make a podcast that sounds drastically better? No, it's a very subtle difference. But some people want and need that subtlety. The second thing is the more expensive headphones are often more comfortable. Like these HD 600s are stupid comfortable. I can wear them for 12 hours and they sound great and they feel great and they're pretty lightweight. They're just a joy to wear. So it's worth investing a little bit more. And quality gear, number three, quality gear usually lasts longer than cheap gear. The cheap headphones that I buy, the $10 ones, they a lot of times they'll break after six or eight months, whereas a good pair of headphones should last you for years, maybe even decades. So if, you, if, <laughs> if you're going to spend some money, it's, you know, it's kind of an argument. Like, should I buy three pairs of $10 earbuds or a pair of $30 earbuds or $30 headphones that'll last the same time as the three pairs of the cheap headphones. Eh, it's kind of, that's a kind of a toss up. But 
I think reliability and quality are worth paying for. I think it pays off in the long run. And then finally, number four, you get to feel fancy. And there, <laughs> maybe that's a little bit of ego, but it's true. Like It feels good to have great gear. I like it. That's fine. It's, it, it does say something about you that you're willing to invest in the quality gear for whatever kind of work you do. If it's audio work, it's nice to be able to have this gear. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with a, a little bit of showing off or just, just taking pride in the stuff that you invest in. But you, it, it, it has to come back to asking the question, what's more important, great sound or great content? Because terrible sound quality can ruin great content, but great sound quality won't make terrible content interesting or compelling. There's, a, there's that truck again. I swear it's the same truck. Okay. Sorry, pause, pause for break. Let me say that one more time. Terrible sound quality can ruin great content, but great sound quality won't make terrible content interesting or compelling. And I'm going to apply this. I'm going to, I'm going to generalize this just a little bit so you can get it for whatever industry you're in. Great gear, crappy, crappy gear can ruin great content, but great gear isn't going to make average or boring content interesting or compelling. And also time spent looking at and lusting over fancy gear that you don't have is time that you could have spent making stuff with the gear that you do have. It's a distraction. It's procrastination. It's procrastination. I don't know why I struggle with that. Procrastination. No, actually, I do know why I struggle with that because I was thinking about this line I read in a book the other day. Um, The line was... There's that truck again. The line was you cannot hold both positive and negative thoughts in your head at the same time. And that just blew my mind because I never really thought about it that way. You can't hold both positive and negative thoughts in your head at the same time, which means that, like I said, time spent looking at fancy gear you don't have is time that you're not spending creating. The thing you're giving attention to is taking up your headspace it, it literally blocks out everything. That's a terrible use of the word literally. It blocks out everything else from your life. Yeah, Darian says, I could have done fine with just a $40 notebook without, excuse me. <laughs> Darian, you could do fine with a $40 notebook. Yeah, let's, I mean, let's look, the, let's look at the example of notebooks because I know a lot of people write, a lot of people draw. What benefit does a $40 notebook have over a $3 notebook? They're both paper. They're both paper and you can you like you can write on either one of them. I'm just saying, like, well, let's let's take it a little bit further. What about writing apps? Do you have to have a do you have to pay $40, $50 for Ulysses or $100, whatever Scrivener is? Or can you write a book? Can you write a blog post with a built-in text edit app inside of your Mac? Like text edit is a terrible, ter- terrible app. Like it's I mean, okay, I, t- I take it back. I take it back. Visually, it's not very appealing. It's a totally fine app. You can write with notes. You could, I'm sure Sean could write a book. Sean, for those of you who don't know Sean, S-E-A-N, McCabe. Sean McCabe, guy who runs Sean West, the Sean West Network, the podcast network I'm on. He could write a book inside of notes. It's not going to have some features that he wants. <laughs> it's going to make things a little bit harder, but he could but he could. And, and, and I bet you in the beginning, 
when I, and, and if I can talk about my own experience, wow, I'm just going on a terrible tangent right now. If I can talk about my, about my own experience with podcasting, when I started, the very first microphone I had was a, well, what did I, $150 Sure USB microphone. And I thought I was fancy at the time. <laughs> like I've got, I've got a $250 Beta 87A now running into a $500 interface and like just, I have so much more now than I did when I started. But the fact is that I started, I got started with something, with what I could afford at the time. And no, it didn't sound amazing, but it sounded okay. And I had to go through the, the process of learning all the different pieces that went into podcasting. And then I got to a point where it was like, all right, how can I get better at my, at my craft? How can I hone my skill? Well, maybe it's time to invest in a slightly better microphone. Maybe it's time to invest. And this is what really made the difference. Investing time in learning how to do things like EQ and compression and mixing and mastering gave me so much, so much more. It was so much more beneficial and valuable to me to invest in taking online courses in reading books in watching videos where people talk about how they think about mixing and mastering. That was so much more beneficial than investing in better headphones. Way, way, way more beneficial. So back to, back to my outline. Got off on a tangent. All right. Back to my outline. Don't use the gear. Don't get distracted by the gear. Don't procrastinate by, by spending a bunch of time reading reviews and checking out all this stuff. At the end of the day, all the expensive gear in the world does not make a difference if you're not creating things, if you're not creating stuff. If you don't have an audience now, buying super expensive gear isn't going to magically bring you a ton of listeners, a ton of viewers, a ton of readers. There is, I do believe there is a minimum threshold of quality that you should strive to meet. But I think that's in the range of hundreds of dollars, not thousands or tens of thousands. If you're just getting started or if you're just a year or two into it, buying a $10,000 microphone is not going to make your podcast better than buying a $250 microphone because you're not going to know how to use it to the best of your ability. You may have a lot of other problems with your, your whole podcasting setup and your workflow that you're not even aware of yet. So improve what you can. Improve what you can and, and don't spend all your time looking at gear. Okay, I just wanted to bring in a couple of examples because I think it's important. I'll talk about a podcaster first. Tim Ferriss. I'm sure some of you have heard Tim Ferriss before. I don't like the way he starts off his episodes with five minutes of ads, but other, that's, my, that's, my, that's my only complaint. Um, other than that, he's got a lot of great content. It's not always for me, but you can't argue that he's a very interesting person and he's producing very, very interesting content, especially if you're into like, the hacking yourself, like self-improvement kind of stuff like I am. I am. And I enjoy a lot of his stuff. That being said, his sound quality, it sounds like he's using, if I had to guess, it sounds like he's using like maybe a $100 USB microphone. <laughs> and he records like anytime he interviews someone, most of the time it sounds like they're, they just record the Skype call. What I'm trying to say is that he does not have the most amazing sound quality on his podcast. And he starts every episode with minutes and minutes of ads, which is kind of annoying. But but it doesn't matter. And he's got a huge audience because he's producing amazing content. He's, he's focused more on 
what he's writing about, what he's talking about, and less on, oh, do I have the best of everything? And he's winning because of that. Another guy, and I wish, I hope someone in the chat can tell me who this is. It's one of the, so it's this, this film director, this movie director. I was listening to an episode of the, this guy. He was on Mark Maron's podcast, I believe. And he was talking about how his very first movie he shot with something like $8,000 or maybe it was like $30,000, some tiny, tiny budget, but it blew up. And I watched it and it was like, it was pretty bad. Um, no, I mean, not like, not like bad, but obviously low budget, but it was enough to kickstart his career. And, and he was talking about how he filmed it with, I don't remember the camera. I'm sorry. I don't have more details. I didn't have time to do a ton of research on this, but the story stuck with me because he was filming with this super old video camera that still had tapes. And this was really, I think only about 10 years ago. But he was filming to tapes and he had to do everything in like one take. He, he, he did practically the whole movie in like one or two takes. And he was just like, these are the constraints that I have. I'm going to make it work. My actors are going to make it work. And it kicked. I think it is Romero. Is it, is, is it George Romero? I don't remember George. Um, see, I wish I knew Garrett. I'm sorry. I'll try to find it later. But it, it's actually not important. Like you can create great work you can create great stuff with constraints. And often, oftentimes it helps. Like if I had access to, even if I had access to all the most amazing microphones and all the best headphones and all the best, the computers and the audio interfaces and all this stuff, I still could not sit down in a studio with a band and make a record that sounded as good as someone who's been doing it for 20 years, because there's too much that I don't know. The gear isn't what's holding me back. It's the, it's the knowledge. It's the knowledge. And it's the practice and it's the years of experience. So that's how I'm going to wrap this up. Just remember that most people are listening to podcasts on affordable headphones or Apple earbuds or AirPods. I didn't talk about AirPods. I, I need to get some AirPods. God, Apple making me spend 160 bucks for headphones because I got to test them out. I got to know. You don't need expensive headphones to make a podcast that sounds good. You really don't. And it's okay to, to get to know the gear and invest in good gear if you want to, but, but don't trick yourself into believing that good gear will guarantee you success or great work. You still have to put in the time to learn and hone your craft. Speaking of learning and honing your craft, check out seanwest.com and join the community. This is where you can get access to all the archives of this episode, the podcast, dude. Almost 70 episodes now. And I only keep about, well, I keep a small number of them public. I'm going to start keeping some of the interviews that I do public because I want people to be able to, to share those things and, and uh, with their audience and all that stuff. But there's a huge number of episodes. I'd say let's over 50, over 50 episodes currently of just, just like this one, just me exploring topics, teaching you how to make a great podcast. There are so many topics I've already covered. And that's what you get access to along with a ton of other great content, learning paths. I mean, everything that Sean teaches about at Sean West and all the other cool employees here. Hang on. Let me just, let me just see what we got so far. Cause it's been a while since I've talked about this. So Sean's put together learning paths and these are like, they're almost like little courses, but basically pulling together content and resources from all the different podcasts that we've done over the years. If you want to learn how to build an audience, there's a learning path for that. Attract great clients. This is great. If you're working for yourself, man, you got to be on Sean West. 
build a writing habit. Writing has been one of the most beneficial things for podcasting for me. It's helped me. I, I believe it's one of the reasons I've achieved any kind of success is because I've sat down to write before every single episode and it just makes everything better. Learn how to price on value. So if you do client work and you're still charging an hourly rate, learning how to price on value can significantly up your game as far as what you can make in your earning potential. Uh, learn how to sell products. There's a, a, a learning path for that. And then how to launch a course. If you're interested in producing, marketing, and launching an online course, making a living teaching what you know, John's got you covered. Like there's Oh, and the mini courses. There is so much coming. Membership. It's going to blow your mind. Check it out, seanwest.com. Lots of good resources there. If this show has helped you out, I'd appreciate it if you head over to the podcastdude.com slash iTunes or inside of your iTunes, your iTunes app. Hmm. Inside of your podcast app on your phone, going and leaving a review for the show, five stars. I'd love a written review, but you don't have to. If you just want to just hit the five stars, that'd be awesome. Thanks to everyone who's already left a review. You're the best. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can. It's at the podcast dude. I will talk to you if you're nice. I will answer your questions. You can also head to thepodcastdude.com, hit the contact button there. Send me an email if you have questions that you'd like me to talk about on the show. Oh, I like this. Lisa said, it's almost like you earn the right to better gear by learning and doing with inferior equipment. That is, yes, that is putting into words what I was thinking about this whole episode. Great job. So we're going to leave it on that. Yeah, thanks so much for listening. I appreciate your time. Hope this episode inspires you to, to spend more time making stuff and less, less time online, like checking out the good gear. Okay, so Eugene had asked, can you define expensive? That's actually a really good question, man. Because to me, hmm, to me, $100 used to be expensive. In my early 20s, when I wasn't making much, <laughs> when I was making very little, $100 seemed like a lot of money because it would take me a lot of time to acquire that. I know for some people, $100 is like a drop in the bucket. They almost don't even like, if they see a $100 bill on the street, they're like, it's not worth my time to pick that up. But but I'm I'm I don't know. I would assume that the 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 very rich, the very one percent probably aren't listening to this show. I don't know. That's just a guess. I mean, if if fifty thousand dollars is not a lot a lot of money to you and you're listening to the show, that's cool. I'm talking about like for to me, I'd say expensive for a microphone is more than four hundred dollars. Expensive for headphones is more than two or three hundred dollars because it like you just get into a smaller portion of the population who either have or want to invest that kind of money in a pair of headphones or in a microphone
Corey Miller will always pick up a $100 bill. Heck yes. You earn the right to better gear by learning and doing. That's a great takeaway. That's a great takeaway. Um, Corey McCabe says he picks up pennies. No, actually, Corey, it's not worth your time to pick up pennies, nickels, or dimes. You're, you're, you're wasting valuable, precious time. Even seconds. Seconds add up, man. Seconds add up. What is this show coming? What is this show turning into? All right. Man, I wish I knew which director I was talking about. Corey. Corey, tell me which director I'm thinking of. Nope. <laughs> okay, I'm going to jump off because you guys got things to do today and I don't want to waste your time. So thank you so much for listening. I'll talk to you next week. Get some work done. Have a good week.